I'm Larry Souder, and welcome to Souder and Friends. Okay, one, I'm two, I'm right above you now, I got you. Copy that, keep cover on the ground, Prince. We'll have to penetrate some bad airspace. His father was a preacher, his mother was a medical missionary, and their son was expected to become a farmer. But Paul Johnson ended up being one of the heroes of the Gulf War. His decision to join the Air Force and fly baffled his two brothers and sister, especially since he had never been in a plane before. His brother, David Johnson, said, None of us could figure it. He loved tractors and combines. I guess the ultimate machinery would be an airplane. That airplane turned out to be an A-10 Warthog jet. The year was 1991. Scud missiles were falling on Israel and Saudi Arabia, and Captain Johnson was assigned to help take out the Scud missile launchers. Listen, guy, i got to have a talk with my travel agent. This is not what I had arranged. Before the war, the A-10 was destined for the scrap heap. The plane does not carry a sophisticated navigation system. Instead, pilots fly with a map on their laps and navigate according to the terrain below. Intelligence photos are rare to non-existent. I know one particular guy that was uh, sitting in what we call hot pit, or the ICT, uh, the integrated combat turn, getting the bombs loaded up. And the intel officer climbs up a ladder, shows him uh, a huge scale map, a one to two million map, a little red dot on it and says, see that? He says, yeah. He says, that's where you're going. Okay. The Warthog is, however, equipped with a 30 millimeter Gatlin gun known as the Tank Killer. During the course of the operation, Johnson was reassigned to help direct the rescue of a Navy pilot who had been shot down in Iraq by a surface-to-air missile. Spending nearly nine hours in the air and refueling four times, the pilot was finally located and brought to safety. Moments before the Navy flyer was picked up, Captain Johnson used his Gatlin gun to take out an Iraqi military truck, closing to within 200 yards of the rescue site. We did the first combat rescue in the hall today. I don't know how deep we went, I'll have to look. We grabbed him with a couple of Pueblo helicopters and brought him out. The rescue mission earned Johnson the Air Force Cross, one of two awarded in the conflict. Days later after the rescue, Johnson himself wound up on the wrong end of a surface-to-air missile. I'd been there too long. The weather was interfering. It, it was past time to throw in the towel and go home. But my fangs had come out. I'd driven my fangs through the floorboard, you know, grown one eyebrow and said, Who, uh, I'm going to go kill this thing. And I decide, my last feeble attempt, I'm going to roll down the chute, take it down, a load of Mark 82 500-pounders, pull off, and then we'll go home. And uh, a couple of things happen on the attack. As I roll in on the bomb run with the m number two man, uh, calls blind. In other words, he can't see me. He's lost sight of me. And I miss that radio call. Had I heard that radio call, the answer would have been, I'm aborting the attack, I come off dry, because I am going down into the threat envelope and nobody's looking at me. Suddenly, what feels like a sledgehammer uh, just hammers my wing, and the airplane hard rolls to the right. Oh, one's hit! One's hit! I'm yelling in the intercom that one's hit, one's hit. Then I finally key the mic and decide to tell everybody else. I look out my wing and see a gaping hole, uh, a lot of skin ripped off the top of the wing. I can see my entire main tire uh, is visible to me, which is a bad thing. I, I usually don't need to see that. Does anyone need assistance? You bet I do. What do you need? 
Wit, who still has not found me, comes screaming down below the weather to get sight of me. In the Air Force, in emergency situations, we talk about the pucker factor. And um, 664 in the fleet, uh, she still bears the scars and the fang marks all over the cockpit, but the seat cushion has yet to be found uh, because my pucker factor was so high that particular day. The next day, a lot of guys were coming up to me in, in the hooch or in the squad and said, oh, PJ, did you sleep okay last night? You know, PJ, were you laying awake last night? And on reflection, I got to thinking about it. I said, no, actually, I slept quite well, thank you. you know, I, I, said, uh, I said my prayer, one at the end of the day, and thank the Lord for taking care of me and recognize that we revalidated uh, an old concept and an old term from years and years ago when uh, the 8th Air Force and the bombers and the fighters used to talk about coming home on a wing and a prayer. And I, I think that was applicable in my case. We brought her home on a wing and a prayer. I've often wondered how I wound up where I am today doing what I'm doing today. Uh, I didn't grow up like many of the people I work with dreaming to be a fighter pilot. Uh, in fact, it was my dream through much of high school that I wanted to be involved in agriculture somehow. And I think really the only way to explain that is the providence of God, is allowing uh, God to direct my life. And even now, I still struggle, like many people do, in that sometimes I think that this has really worked out according to my plan. I really planned this very well, when in fact, I really didn't plan any of it. Being a Christian in the military is not something to be taken lightly. I have talked to people that have suffered uh, some measure of persecution in the military uh, for their standards of conduct, for their unwillingness to engage in uh, immoral behavior. So like so many things in life, it's how you conduct yourself, it's how you present yourself. Um, if you spend all your time verbally preaching to people, uh, you may wind up as a turnoff. But if you wind up speaking to people by the way you leave your, lead your life, then I think you can influence some people. Colonel Paul Johnson, now commander of a U.S. Air Force base in the southwest part of the United States, continues to serve his country and his God. I'm Larry Souder, and that's Souder and Friends.